Hey everyone, welcome back to the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate Podcast. Today we are checking in on equity-rich homes across America. Let's get into it. All right, hey everyone, welcome back. I'm here with Tom Krieger and I'm Joe Brown with the Tom J. Krieger team. Uh, so we saw some unprecedented gains in equity uh, since the pandemic, basically. And uh, paired with low interest rates, you know, we didn't see too many people moving and, and we, the tightening of, of, uh, inventory in America has, has been really hard on some buyers who are, were t trying to take advantage of the lower interest rates at the time. Now we have higher equity and with homeowners because they decided not to sell or did sell and pull out equity either way. But we had no inventory is what I'm trying to get at. We had no inventory and that pushed up the price of homes and that's what caused the equity gain. So we are seeing more equity rich positions as homeowners. What does equity rich mean? How do you define that? Okay, well, Joe, first of all, let me preference this by saying when the pandemic hit, it was a perfect storm for equity building in your property if you were a homeowner. It was a horrible storm if you didn't own a home and you were chasing trying to get a home. Yeah. Okay. So because of that, because we were chasing the market up, prices were rising while the homeowner was making their mortgage payment and buying down the rest of the money owed on the property. So in some states, it was as much as 22% year over year. Back to back, that's 40 plus, 44, 45% of value added to the property because of the demand. If you were smart and you did not use your home like a piggy bank, where a lot of people did back in 2007, 8, and 9. They would break it and then take everything out. Yes. Um, you were developing this equity position. Your value of your home was rising while you were slowly chopping away at the mortgage that was due on the property. So I want to share with you, Joe, something here that was interesting. So there was a report, a 2021 U.S. Home Equity and Underwater Report, which shows that 41.9% of mortgaged residential properties in the United States were considered equity rich in the fourth quarter. And what that means is that the combined estimated amount of loan balances secured by the properties that the loans were on was no more than 50% of the estimated value. Now, in layman's terms, it basically means I owe less than half of what my house is worth. That's a lot of equity. Which is a great position to be in, especially in what's happening in our economy now with, uh, with interest, rising rates. We're ready for the Fed in the next couple of days to have their meeting. And, you know, there's talk of 50, 75, even 100 basis point rises, okay, which is going to impact the housing market. There is, there is something to be said when you own a home and you have all of this equity in it so that if you lost your job, you got laid off, you had a medical problem, you got hurt, um, you you maybe needed to relocate for health reasons, 
there's enough equity in your house that you could sell it and not worrying about being short and still have a significant amount of money to take with you when you want to buy something else. Mm. Okay. Mm. So equity rich, it's the difference between what your house will sell for versus what you owe on it. That space is equity. And when you have less than 50% debt on the asset, your house, you are considered equity rich. So that, that's good to know for our next session, I think our next point here that we're going to make uh-huh. is that Arizona, which is where we're based, yep. was the fifth largest in equity growth. Uh, it would seem to me that that growth was due to uh, buyers working from home and not necessarily having to live in higher um, areas where home prices were too high, like California, for instance. Orange County averages $1 million per home there, which is crazy to me living here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And they could move here to Tucson, let's say, and buy a house for a third of that. And it would be a really nice house. So probably those high migratory areas are another reason why Arizona is among some of the top growth in equity. Would, would you agree with that? So I think there's many, many reasons why people are relocating to Arizona. Yeah. Okay. One of them, which is pretty obvious, is that the tax burden for a lot of people has just gotten too great. The cost of living has gotten too great. Housing has gotten too great. I don't have to drive into Silicon Valley every day to work. I can work from home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm retired, and I don't want to shovel six feet of snow every other weekend. What's that? What's snow? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of uh, reasons why people have moved uh, into more comfortable financially and also environmentally, okay? Like community is is, um, more affordable. They can have a life outside of their home because they're not house poor. Correct. And so I want to talk with you about the top five that they were talking about. Hey, everyone. We want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. The West and the South had 13 of the 15 states where the equity-rich share of mortgaged homes rose for the third quarter of 2021 to the fourth quarter of 2021. States with the biggest increase were Tennessee. Now, Tennessee's not super hot, okay, but it's comfortable there. You don't have the fluctuations. The tax rates are a little bit there. It's, you know, it's in the more of the middle of the United States. It is a destination uh, place for people. And there's Rose um, from 41.4% up to 47.2%. So in other words, um, they were demonstrating 
discipline and not using their home as a time machine. They were allowing the price of the home to rise and they were paying down their mortgages and they jumped about 5% of equity in addition to what they had over the quarter. So that's 20% a year if you think about it, right? So, so, so uh, an average homeowner in Tennessee yep. has 47, it has an equity position of 47.2%. Right. Okay. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Carolina, North Carolina, is at 44.2%. So again, North Carolina on the East Coast, pretty mild temperatures. It doesn't get super, super hot. It doesn't get super, super cold. Yeah. You do have the occasional you know, hurricane, but we can live with that, right? Sure. Um, great golfing, all that kind of stuff. So that's another destination area, along with how big and how fast North Carolina is growing because of the banking industry and other things. Okay? Yep. Yep. Um, then you have Nevada. And that's up to 49.8%. So almost half of all the homes have at least 50% of equity. That really is a lot of people moving into Nevada out of California and out of the Oregon and Washington and coming in. A lot of it's a lot of people are coming in Nevada from uh, Illinois too, hmm. and yeah. some Canadians. Okay. okay. Um, then we, then we go into Georgia. Georgia's um, that was a significant jump. Georgia went from 35 to 40%. So a 5% jump in just a quarter. Again, we get to a 20% per year um, jump in your equity or your cushion, or people like to call it the house bank, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm banking my money um, in the value of my house, right? Sure, sure. And then Arizona, which is the to me the top of these, because it went up from 53.2 to 57.6. So think about that. 57.6 is the equity position. That's the average Arizona homeowner. Yes. Owns over half. Yeah, almost 60. That's So the mortgage is like 40% loan to value. Wow, yeah. Very safe. If we would have a turn in the market and the market uh, would turn the cost of housing down, you've got a big cushion there where you wouldn't be forced to sell your home. Yeah, yeah. You could still live comfortably within You could that. live comfortably, yes. And, and now just to recap, those were the five areas that grew the most. In the West and South. In the West and South in, in a single quarter. Right. So the third quarter uh, to fourth quarter of last year. Correct. Okay, in 2021. And it hasn't stopped, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, we're, we're still moving up. Uh, where it goes, nobody knows for right now. Yep. Uh, so now that they have all of this equity in their house, uh, they, they built up, as you say, this cushion, and we recommend not using it as a piggy bank, like we said earlier. Yes. Don't smash the piggy bank and go out and buy a car. And you know, no. the things that happened in, in 2008, 7-8, um, avoid those things. But what can they do with that equity? Can they put it to work in some way, in some fashion? Yeah, so you can take and look at uh, your home and say, I want to do... Um, I want to do some investing with this equity. Now, we believe that interest, I mean, house uh, values are going to slow down as far as rising. We're not going to have this 20% year over year. Just, it's just not practical. Yeah, okay? we can't Wage, sustain it. No, we can't sustain it. Uh, inflation is going to still keep driving prices of homes up. Remember, Joe, that out of the last six recessions, four of them, housing prices went up. And we are in a recession. It hasn't been official, but we are in a recession. Yeah. Um, the most recent CPI today was 8.6%. Uh, it was three-tenths of a percent higher than they thought. 
inflation is not under control. It's still going to keep going. And I think before the elections this year, it's going to be even worse than it is right now. Okay. If, if interest rates back, don't raise. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and they're still going to, we're, yeah. we're still going to raise. We are yeah. going to have, the Fed is going to have to crush this. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's some pain. If you go back to a bunch of our episodes six, eight months ago, we talked about this. This isn't nothing new for us here at the, you know, at the TJK team. We yep. have been preparing for this. You know, we talk in our in our our meetings about paying your debt off. Coming into this year with this craziness of having no debt yep. is paid off. Now you look at the people who have home mortgages, they're sitting pretty good, right? Yeah. They had a lot of cushion there, right? Hopefully they weren't running their, their credit cards up. Because remember, as interest rates rise, your credit card interest rate rise because it's tied to the LIBOR rate. Yep. Okay. Yep. Another another topic for another day. Yeah. Okay? And, and uh, Nick Woolridge, who was on the podcast earlier. Yeah. He he did talk about the LIBOR and, and, and how, how they use that for adjustable rate mortgages. Yes. So when it comes to what do you want to do with the equity? You know, today I think the market was down 750 points. I'm not so sure what I want to do is take money out of my home and invest it in a stock market when it's heading, if it isn't already in bear territory, okay? I surely am not buying crypto. That's at 50%. So what do you do with that equity? Yeah. Do you just leave it? You could use it to pay down high interest credit cards. Yeah. You could use it to pay off maybe a high interest uh, student loan mm. if you have one of those. Yeah. Okay? You want to remove as much debt as you can that's high interest rates. Yeah. Now, I've had somebody talk to me about why don't I take out a home equity line of credit and buy down the high interest rate on my mortgage? I says that might work if they've recently taken out a mortgage. But most people that have this kind of equity have, have had it for a while, and they're probably in the high twos uh, to mid threes for an interest rate. So I don't think that'll work. I mean, some people sometimes they just get too creative right? sure, sure. for their own goods, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, if you can find something that pays a higher dividend than what it would cost you to borrow the money. So if you could find like a utility stock, mm where you purchase the stock and then it paid a dividend. If you could find an annuity, um, I don't, I'm not a, a um, financial License, advisor, yeah. I'm not licensed yeah. for it, but common sense says if I can invest it in something that gives me a fixed rate of return higher than the cost to use the money, why not do that, yeah. okay? Yeah. Some people are saying now's the time to take it out and utilize it for um, buying crypto or, or buying, you know, Tesla or, you know, I don't own any stock. I don't own any crypto. I own real estate because that's what I know, right? It sounds too risky the to, other to play you with your house. Like, Joe, and I'm going to tell you this, and because this is what I do for a living, yeah. I would, if, if, if I'm nervous about leaving all that money there, I would take it out and buy an investment property. And yeah. buy an investment property, contact a real estate agent who understands investment property, buy an investment property that pays you back the money and a profit from what it's costing you to borrow money out of the home, right? Now you've got your home still rising mm -hmm. and an investment property that's rising. We've always talked about the hidden wealth in real estate. It's in the value of the home. The rental income is just the cherry or the little whipped cream on top of the big bowl of ice cream. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically growing your net worth at that point. You're with, multiplying it. Yeah, with, with your equity. Yeah. And the term they use for that is you're leveraging it.
that's an interesting place to take your equity to. Um, you know, this can get pretty complicated. Um, mm -hmm. If you guys have questions on this, our info is down in the bio. So feel free to, to reach out to us at any time. Uh, yep. and, and I know Tom's been in this for 40 years, over 40 years. Uh, so he'd be willing to, to chat with you on, on maybe some uh, places that, that you can go uh, with equity or if you have questions about what how much equity is in your home, yep. especially here in, in Tucson, where we're based, uh, or where you're, wherever you're at, we can find someone who can... Yeah, we've got a great network of investment uh, real estate agents. We do, we do. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope you have a great day.